Higher Things thanks you for your support. Please continue to support the work we do with youth by going to our website at higherthings.org, clicking on support and donating securely through PayPal. Your gift helps us in our mission to support pastors, youth workers, and parents in daring our church's youth to be Lutheran. Hello and welcome to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke. And I am Higher Things presenter at the North Carolina Conference in Mars Hill, Pastor Eric Brown. Of course, by the time this has come out, I'll probably have already presented and then you guys would all miss it and all that stuff. But but we're glad to be here. We're, we're coming up on Higher Things conference season. As we record this one, one is going on in San Antonio. Folks are reporting a great time. If you were there at San Antonio, hey, know you're in our prayers as we record now. Awesome possum. So yeah, all right. good. I'm kind of jazzed. I haven't I haven't gotten to take a, a group to a Higher Things conference in a long while, almost a decade, and I'm getting to again this year. So I am uh, kind of kind of on a Higher Things high at the moment, man. Nice. Yeah, I so, wanted to go to the San Antonio, that one being the closest to me, but I just circumstances did not allow this time. So there's always next year, I guess. We'll, we'll get an extra. We'll get an extra. So uh, now. We're going to be talking today about an event in the scriptures, which is even more amazing than Higher Things conferences. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah that's acceptable. We're, we're starting Acts two. I, okay, that sounds bad. It's like, well, Acts two and the Day of Pentecost is better, but you know, uh, may, maybe some of the other stuff, like Paul getting shipwrecked, maybe may, may, maybe Higher Things would <laughs> outrank that. Uh, I, even then, I don't know if that's quite pious. But we're we going to be to looking put up at some kind of continuum spectrum chart on our Facebook, where these things land. Well, okay. It, it's probably not not San Antonio good, but it's probably better than the one that Brown went to. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, but we'll be looking at, at Pentecost today. We'll be starting in with Acts 2. So uh, a lot to get to. I don't know if we're going to finish all of Acts 2 today because it's just that dense, or maybe we will. I, I, I don't know. So, Time will um, tell. But. Anything else that we should dive over? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hope that uh, Thomas's computer doesn't give up the ghost this time mm. like it did last time we tried to record. We do have fun tech issues here, but it's all we good. We do. So. I think it's because all my tech is, and, and I've made good, I've gotten good mileage out of it, but either old or very inexpensive. So, Okay, for our listeners in high school, do you remember elementary school? Because Thomas's computer does. Ah, ah, okay. All right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, and m- m- mine's kind of getting up there in age too, and it was making whirring sounds. It's like, oh, I might have to replace this laptop. Ah, okay. But hey, that's life. Things wear out. We live in a fallen world. So That's true. Ah, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Anyway, it's the <laughs> center cable of your laptop. That's even more the case. <laughs> All right. Well, Thomas, we're starting at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. So do you want to uh, start on reading, and I'll give commentary and all that. Okay. 
When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, oh, okay. All right, quick pause. And su- talk about it and suddenly. <laughs> and suddenly, ah, okay. Thomas, what is the day of Pentecost? So in in church parlance post, well, that's all that makes sense. Well, for for the people who are listening here, yeah. why would they be gathered together in one place on Pentecost? And we're going to get later that there are, are Jews from all over at the right. temple. What what was the Old Testament celebration that we end up calling now today Pentecost? That would be the Feast of Booths. All right. And, and uh, that was a time when everybody gathered together. That was one of the times when, you know, you come you come up to the, the temple. You have to, you know, present yourselves or whatever. Um, people in the diaspora may or may not. But it, but hopefully, if you're in the diaspora, you still show on up and go ahead and, and take your seat close on by. This is one where, where I will laugh because often we'll talk about, oh, yeah, back on that first Pentecost in, in Acts 2. And the point is, well, no, it actually technically isn't the first Pentecost. Now, it's the neat Pentecost. It's the first Pentecost of the New Testament church. Mm-hmm. But, but no, it, it was an old Jewish holiday, just like, if we think about it, we, we call the celebration Easter. But if you go about most of the, uh, the Western world, what do they call Easter in other countries, other places? Um, Passover. Well, yeah, Pascha, Passover, which yeah. is the same word. So, so it's one of the things where in English we we get this really hard and fast break because all the titles for the New Testament things are so different. Whereas, no, Passover is well. Hey, now it now it's Easter. It's the 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 fuller Passover, and and okay, the the festival of booths where we remember our sojourn in the desert gets supplanted by something even greater. So you have this this sense of fulfillment and also great sense of timing on God's part. Mm-hmm. When Jesus says, "Hey, hang out in the city till you're clothed with power from on high," God times it really well. So that's fair. So <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, hey, hang on. I, I'm not okay. I'm going to send you guys, but but I'll bring you a crowd first, and then 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 I'll let you get to work. So right. So yeah. So it's a, a big holiday already coming up. So carry on. Okay. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right. So suddenly they are filled with the Spirit and they are are speaking in tongues. Now, Thomas, if I just say speaking in tongues, what's the common perception of speaking in tongues today, especially if you're right close to Springfield, Missouri, or something like that, where the Assembly of God is headquartered or what have you? Yeah, so usually there's um, a lot of foaming at the mouth, maybe rolling around, and snakes involved as well. In other words, a lot of gobbledygook gibberish generally. In, in modern parlance, when you hear people talking about speaking in tongues, most often it will be talking in some incomprehensible, mysterious, divine, I have my fingers up in air court quotes, <laughs> divine language that, that other people can't understand. But if you get the Holy Spirit, then you get to talk about that. Now, the thing is, since the disciples were given the ability to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit moves them. So let's see what that plays out so we actually learn what speaking in tongues actually looks like. All right? So carry on. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. 
And, uh, and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Wait a second. Weren't they hearing the, the apostles doing a divine godly language and saying, oh, wow, they're, they're, that's really awesome. They, they must be filled with the Holy Spirit because I can't understand a single word they're saying. No, instead it says everyone hears them in their own language. In fact, uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep count with my fingers while, while we get into the next, this next part. Can you read through verse... 11 for us, because this is a really neat point that I think is important. So go on. All right. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native tongue, native language, uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Okay, quick, quick, remind me, Thomas, how many apostles are there? Well, by now there's 12 again. Yeah, we we, we cast lots, we're up to 12. Uh, How many languages did they just mention that they heard in their own language? I was not counting. <laughs> I was. And you know what the answer is? I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. <laughs> All right. The answer is 15. Interesting. So the point, and this is one of the things with, with speaking in tongues. What's going on is, and we're going to get Peter starting to preach. And what I would say is going on is when Peter preaches, he speaks and everyone in, hears him in their own native language. So okay. when Peter preaches, the guy from the, the Elamite hears him in his language, and the guy from uh, Arabia hears him in Arabic. And, and so basically it's everyone understands in their own language. So it would almost be like if we were there like, oh, wow, he's talking German. No, 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 he's speaking Swedish. No. <laughs> Wait a second, something weird is going on. We're all, they're all Galileans, and we keep hearing them in our own native tongue. Or So, I mean. The the point is, it's not that the the apostles get some sort of, we're talking in some strange language now. It's no, they're just talking like normal, but everyone can hear them. They are speaking in, from the perspective of the listener, they're speaking in their own native tongue. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Definitely. So so really, it's, it's a miracle of hearing. Right. It's a miracle of the Holy Spirit opening people's ears to hear. Oh, gee, if only there was something in, in, I don't know, maybe the book of Romans about faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God that would kind of dovetail that together nicely. But A little bit. Okay. All right. So does that make <laughs> sense? Do you see how that works? Yeah, definitely. So so this is actually, the Spirit comes upon them and they, they are preaching. They are proclaiming the, the, the word of God, speaking it out. And there's there's a sound of a wind. Of course, hey Thomas, um, if you remember from back when we did John, uh, what's interesting about wind and spirit? Same word. Yeah. So so of course, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to hear a mighty sound like wind. And all right, okay, awesome, awesome. So that tracks. If you would read uh, the next two verses, get up through uh, verse thirteen. Okay. 
And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mockingly said, They are filled with new wine. All right, now Thomas, here's my question for you, and, and this will be what we'll, we'll go into the break with. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're perplexed. They, they know something weird is going on. If they all understand that something really weird is going on, what do you make of the mocker saying, ah, they're just filled with new wine? Uh, Thomas, hmm. um, have you ever uh, indulged a bit in alcohol and suddenly started speaking in Spanish? Or or or, or no. Japan. Actually, one time no. I, I in 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 college I I I did throw out my back and they gave me muscle relaxants and strong doses of pain meds and and I I did start writing haikus in Japanese. But I was actually studying Japanese at the time, so that that's that yeah. was just me being loopy. Nothing outside of my native tongue for me. <laughs> but, but I mean, this is a really weak excuse. And what you see here, even with the start in Acts, is that just as there were those who heard Christ and rejoiced when he preached, there are going to be those who hear the apostles and rejoice, and there are going to be those who mock and give them a hard time too. Right. And and it's one of the things where they had to come up with a a really lousy explanation for what's going on. It's not even a good explanation for something miraculous going on. It's just, um, uh, uh, I can't explain what's going on. I don't want to hear the preaching, so I will say they're drunkards. They're they're <laughs> they're 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 for schnickered, so I can ignore them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that becomes a de facto ad hominem attack. I mean, so this is this is the the complainers are already skating on thin ice, and you know who's not going to let them have any of it, or not not going to let them get away with it. Peter's uh, well, not going to get him lay. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to drop a big rock on that thin ice. <laughs> we are going to give a spirit-filled truth bomb here, folks. Yeah! Okay. But that'll come after the break. So. And welcome back to the break that took plenty of time on our side, but very little on yours. We're back with the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we're to that part of the show that we like to call the backwards life, where where Thomas will bring up some type of idea that comes up in, in mainstream Christianity, and we'll tear it apart and look at it from a different angle and see what we can get into it. Although he just his eyes got kind of wide, so I don't know. Maybe I did a bad lead on because again, he doesn't <laughs> tell me this is this is this is live, uh ex corde, uh extemporaneous podcasting radio folks. So what you got for us today, Thomas? Oh, let me get my, <laughs> yeah. my sheet so I can write it down. Okay. What you right. got? So I'm, I'm laughing because last time we did this, I, uh, I heard you say American Christianity and then I went over to China and then you went back to, to ancient times. This time you said, um, uh, Oh, what was the word you used? Something about Christianity in general or, or, or whatever. Anyway, I'm going more niche in this one, okay. but it does tie into our episode. All right. Which, how do I want to approach? I, I think I'll say it this way. In addition to tongues, you have people asserting that they can handle snakes and, you know, survive being bitten, um, call down fire from heaven maybe even, I've, I've heard a few suggest. And all of that gets at this idea of, sometimes stated this way and sometimes not, of since I'm a Christian and I have the Holy Spirit indwelling in me, I should be able to conduct or perform what would be considered miraculous deeds 
ultimately at whim. Miraculous, like speaking in tongues. Miraculous, like handling poisonous snakes and either not getting bit and or not dying from it. So on and so forth. So my question is, what what brings or what gives rise to that idea in these groups, maybe? And then also, what what's a, an appropriate uh, truth or or response or belief? All right, what what gives rise to it? I mean, you do have that line at the end of of Mark where you'll handle snakes and not be hurt. Da, da, da. Okay, things like that. Here's the 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 thing that I keyed in while you were describing. You said I should be able to do miracles since I've got the spirit. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing that folks forget, and what actually is going on. Whenever you see these manifestations, whenever you see something miraculous, whose benefit is that for? When the apostles speak in tongues, whose benefit is that for? They're here. Right. When Jesus does a miracle, whose benefit is that for? Not the individual he is healing or feeding. Well, and even you could say it's a benefit for us because it does teach us our, but it's not a benefit for the doer, but for the receiver. Mm-hmm. That that these gifts of the spirit are not. If I end up getting to do something miraculous, that's not for my own good. That's not to point to me, but rather to be the benefit of of my neighbor, and then to glorify God. Uh, let your good deed shine before men that they may let your good work shine before men that they may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify, glorify your, your Father, Father who's in heaven. Yeah. What has happened? is so often when people will talk about these manifestations, these charismatic gifts, it ends up being an egotistical. It becomes, I should. Not, not, not Bob needs me to be able to do this, but rather, since I'm such a good Christian and since I have the Holy Spirit, I should be able to do that. It becomes a reflexive upon me. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, in a lot of places, they become the the things that that prove that demonstrate that you are a real Christian. I would say, Thomas, do you have something that you can point to that is the concrete, demonstrable proof that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has made you His dwelling? Because, I mean, I, I'm not expecting you to have to speak in tongues to prove that to me. Do you have something that concretely that you can point to? Yeah, and I and uh, about 3,000 of the individuals who are about to hear Peter talk uh, in our baptism can say this. Right, and, and see, this is the thing. Where, where, where do you look for the assurance that everything that God promises in Scripture actually applies to you? And, and we acknowledge— with with Peter, with 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 Paul, with with the New Testament, that baptism now saves you. That 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 your proof, the proof that yes, everything God says actually does apply to you. The historic proof is the fact that He has baptized you. You are a baptized child of God. This is truth. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is yours. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, if you if you don't think baptism though is the work of God. If you think it's something where, oh, well, I'll get baptized to, to prove to God how much I like him, that can't be the proof that you've got the Holy Spirit. So you have to come up with some other other thing to prove to yourself that you're really a Christian, and it ends up being 
some place is your good work, some place your growth and sanctification, or some place uh, I have magical juju. See, I I can speak in tongue. Hakuna <laughs> Matata. Yay. And so it, it really is kind of a, a a desperate longing for 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 that confirmation and validation that that we have in our baptism already because we understand what baptism is. So, and in terms of well, on the other hand, just wanting power. Well, I'm a Christian; I should be able to do miracles. You're baptized. Do you know what that means? You're gonna be you're gonna be raised from the dead. You don't need to be the one doing stuff. You're gonna get stuff, and that that's perfectly fine. I want to see something miraculous in my life. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yet after my skin has been destroyed, my own eyes will see the Lord. That, that's pretty cool. That's not chopped liver. So yeah, <laughs> baptism is not chopped liver. There we go. So does that kind of <laughs> put that on a bumper sticker? Does that kind of work for uh, the the thought of the idea? Sure does. Thank you. I, I'm not sure if that was totally backwards. So. Oh, maybe maybe what I had referenced to was the backwards part. <laughs> okay. Can I speculate on something? Sure. Here's my pious speculation. Take this for what it's worth. Uh, I will contend, looking at Acts 2, that, that Peter is just talking normally and other people are hearing him. I would posit that I mayhaps have spoken in tongues and not even noticed it where yeah. I am am speaking to this person with whatever, and he perfectly understands me, and turns out he thought I was speaking Spanish or something, and I thought I was speaking English. Right. It would be one where... where never the wiser. Where I wouldn't even notice. I mean, it's one of the things where... If the point is to get the word out, yeah. So, that general, I can't say that that's ever happened. The one time I have used a different language was I did have a, a Spanish guy come up. Uh, uh, he was Hispanic, and he wanted me to pray. And we're, I'm like, oh, I don't know good Spanish prayers. I don't want to pray. And so I pulled out Latin and the Lord's Prayer. He's like, oh, okay, I can go along with that. So it worked. So Yeah, uh, that'd but work. That's not necessarily a bizarre thing, but hey, go figure. All right. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Other questions, comments, tomatoes to throw? No. No, right. I'm ready to move on. Do, are, are you sure you don't want to roll around to the floor and bark or, or to, to prove that you prove that you are a worthy spirit-filled co-host? I think I think when we get our TV show, it would be best. I, in an audio medium, it just wouldn't work. When we get our TV show, I'd have to wear makeup. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, then people would complain about me for wearing makeup. It'd be horrible. All right. Now, see, what we're going to do is is throw those silhouettes on us where it's like all dark and the only light is like the backdrop and we're going to mess with our voices. So it's, you know, I like the protection program. I passed the rock brown. Oh, wait, no, we need to change the names to protect our, the innocent. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I'd no longer be. We, 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 I'm. Tom Studebaker and okay. Okay. Well, let, let's not go down this rabbit trail. We, we can plan our own fictitious TV show later. Let's get to, <laughs> okay. let's get to something a little bit more real and concrete. Peter's preaching on Pentecost. Acts All 2 right. chapter 14. But Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and to give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. 
And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on, <clears throat> even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." All right. So know what Peter does. First of all, he disarms the argument. Okay, no, no, it's nine o'clock in the morning. We aren't for schnickered. Get that out of here. No, what's going on is, hey, listen to the scriptures. Listen to what Joel said. Now, this is something that, again, is, I don't want to say obvious or would have been more obvious to the ancient world, but it would have made a little bit more linguistic sense. The Spirit and the Word are always tied together. Why? Because, again, that Spirit is the movement of air, and Word is not primarily read, but primarily spoken, primarily verbalized. In fact, that word verb or verbal means word. And so they're used to thinking of the Word being proclaimed aloud and the Spirit accompanying that. So, so do you see how word and spirit going together? So, of course, mm -hmm. if Peter has the Holy Spirit, he's going to cite the word of God, the scriptures. And this is actually, I think, something that is very useful for preaching. For any of you who are thinking that you might go on and become pastors, uh, gentlemen, good job studying. Um, but Christian preaching is always taking the word of God and applying it to the present, what is going on now is what Joel spoke of. This word of God that we have written down is applied now. In fact, what Peter is going to do is going to take what has happened in the, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ and apply it to the people now. It's taking that word of God and making it a, a present reality, showing its present implications. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So very much. It, it's basically taking the word of God and dumping it on them right now and here. Woohoo! Cool. So. All right. How much time we got? About two minutes. All right. Start a little bit. Okay. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to, the, uh, <clears throat> according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Okay. Um, Thomas, if I'm starting to preach, and basically the first thing I say is, you people killed Jesus. From our, our understanding, would that be a law statement or a gospel statement? <laughs> that, yeah, from our understanding, well, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm going to say law. I'm going to say 100% right. law. Well, and this is one where where when Peter comes out preaching, he's not just kind of going and, I mean, this is just, no. Here's what the Word of God has said. The Spirit's been poured out. And here's what the Spirit says today, y'all. This is what you've done. Boom. So, I mean, it, it's very blunt. And it, it, it's not, not beating around any bushes or anything. Mm -hmm. However stuff is being planted for what is to come because again he says 
uh, delivered according to the uh, definite plan and foreknowledge of God. <laughs> or, or as you might get at the end of Genesis, you, you intended this for evil. You wanted to be done with this guy because you came up with your excuses to ignore him, just like you mockers who are blaming this on new wine are trying to ignore us. But you know what? It didn't work. You were actually fulfilling the word of God according to God's plan, and you'd even know it because you were so caught up in your sin you didn't catch it, and you had him crucified. And then we'll take a break because, I mean, well, it's time for us to take a break. And, and I mean, there is a transition. It's not quite that hard, but we'll, 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 let's take a break and then we'll, we'll come back to the other stuff. All right. Welcome back to the Gospel Bully Podcast, where we are hearing John, oh, John, Peter, I was going to do your John statement, where we are hearing Peter go to town on the, the hearers at Pentecost, pointing out, that they have crucified the Lord, but yet this was according to the plan of God. So, and and again, this is one where he, he attested himself by miracles and signs. Again, the signs are proofs of who Jesus is and that he has come for you. But no, 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 you didn't want to pay attention. And so you had him crucified, not but seven weeks ago. And yet, what happens? How does Peter continue? If you'd pick up again at verse 24. 24. All right. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Uh, uh, for David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will, uh, will dwell in hope. Uh, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption." You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Again, do you see what he does? Now, even though you wanted to do him in, that's not how it happens. Why? He's raised from the dead. The, the father raises him from the dead. Why? Well, this is what he told you he was going to do. This is what he said through David. Look, I'm not going to let my Holy One see corruption. The, the Lord will always be at my right hand. That, so, so yeah, we're, we're setting this up. Again, he's going back to the scriptures. That's two Old Testament citations. In fact, if you just look at the, the verses here of, of Peter's sermon, he has three citations of the Old Testament, and it's probably 25, 30% quoting the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So, it. I mean, do, do you see how strongly he's basing things off of the word, that that all right, you're good God-fearing Jews. You should you should know Joel. You should know the Psalms. What we're saying is playing right off of that. We're not making up anything new, but rather this is what happened. Everything has been fulfilled. So. Cool. All right, let's carry on. Okay. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn, an, uh, had sworn with an oath to him that he would not set one of his descendants, that he would, that gum, <laughs> that he would, Wrong definitely would, for sure yeah. would, set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, and I'll read what David says next, I guess, because... Okay, keep, finish it off. Oh, okay, okay. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. All right, well, finish the next verse, next verse too. Sure. Let all, let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. All right. Now, note, you had at the, uh, the end there. Um, he poured out the Spirit. Why? So that you would see and hear, which is a, a, a big thing. Because remember in the Old Testament, idolatry is not seen. Seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear. No, he's pouring out the Holy Spirit so that you would see and understand what is going on, so that you would understand what's the reality. Because you didn't recognize what was going on with the Christ. You, 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 you thought Jesus was just some guy to go get killed off because he was disappointing to you. Aha, no, no, he, he is the Messiah. He is true God. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is great David's greater son, David's son and David's Lord. And God raised him from the dead. Boom, mic drop. Nice. And he just lets that, that hang there. Um, does he beat around the bush? No, not in the least. I mean, this is one where it's just, he's blunt about, hey, this is what happened. And look, from the scripture, we know this is what's going to happen. We just didn't understand it. (laughs) And as you get from other gospel, the gospels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, this is not us apostles being all, oh yeah, we were smart. You guys were dumb. No, we didn't, we didn't get it either, but, but this is what happened. Now we're here to preach and we're, we're putting this on you, letting you know what has gone on. So, okay. Thoughts, questions, ideas? Hmm. Not until we finish this next paragraph, I think. All right. We'll go finish the next paragraph. Okay. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? All right. I'm going to pause you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that was slightly more common. <laughs> in the ancient world for all acts of oratory would be audience participation. Um, in some ways it works more like the way that I would teach a Bible study where I would pause and ask for questions as opposed to a sermon today where, where you don't generally expect the crowd to interrupt the preaching anymore. Uh, in, in the ancient world, no, they, they'd get interrupted. So basically Peter has left this hang here and the expected response is that the congregation would say, well, what now? <laughs> so so this is this is not so much a, a Peter just ended the sermon and, and oh, well, give us more. No, no, it, it's this is a rhetorical move within his preaching. This is the 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 way that he's making sure that they are paying attention, seeing where he's going. Does that make sense? For sure. So so this is still the continuation of the sermon. So okay. carry on. All right. Let's see. Uh, being, therefore, a prophet and knowing that God had sworn. Why did I go back up there? <clears throat> and Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. 
So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. All right, there's one translation in there that I dislike. Okay. I would translate verse 40 mm-hmm. and have Peter say, be saved from this corrupt generation. It's, okay. it's passive. Um, all right, are we ready for some inside baseball? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to quiz my former Greek student, Thomas. Okay. Uh, Thomas, what's the difference between a middle voice and a passive voice in Greek? Do you remember? Oof, that's a test. Um, passive voice is more of a being acted upon, and middle voice is more doing the acting. Do I recall that correctly? Yes. And the thing that makes it the middle voice, because active voice would just be, I, I throw the ball. Passive would be, I am thrown. Mm-hmm. There are verbs that are active. They're actually doing things often to yourself, but they're they're shaped like the passive verb, and these get called middle. And for whatever reason, the translators treat this as middle. Save okay. yourself. When I think it should just be a straight passive. They look the same, uh-huh. and... And I think the point is be saved from this wicked generation because why he's exhorting them, which again is another word that he's, he's paracleting them. He's putting the Holy spirit upon them to what? To save them from the generation. So he is saying, be, be delivered. You're, you're hearing the preaching of the gospel. This is a gift that is given to you to pull you out of the troubles you are in. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, so I like that argument. And I, I do. What, what, what's the response to this? Well, again, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift. No, it's a passive thing. You are going to get this. This is what is being give to you, given to you. So, so receive it. Be, be pulled out. Be saved of this, of this wicked generation. Mm-hmm. And so this sums up the, the, the preaching. And then you do have that day, you have 3,000 believers. Better reaction to any than to any sermon I've ever preached, but hey, that's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> now, you said you might have some questions about here. What, what thoughts are going through your head right now, Mr. Lemke? I, I think I would be remiss not to bring up what, what gets brought up so often and that therefore it, it might just be kind of old hat to us and our listeners, but this connection with uh, uh, the Tower of Babel or Babel, however you choose to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. You've often said, I think I've heard you say it, certainly I've heard that the uh, event here is kind of a reversal of that uh, Old Testament account. Would you expound on that? Well, with, with Babel, you had people in their pride refusing to... to uh, spread out over the earth as they wanted. You had people in their arrogance wanting to make a name for themselves to build themselves up into heaven, and and God scatters them. He he scatters the proud and the imagination of their hearts, as it were. Nice. And yet the exact opposite happens here. Instead of man going up to God, the Holy Spirit comes down, and he unifies the ones who are separate and distinct, and he makes them to receive good gifts from God, not delight in their own works. So I mean, it, it's a, a a turning on head of a turning on its head of of everything that's going on at the Tower of Babel. 
And so whereas you had that that scattering of of mankind, that that setting of mankind against each other. No, no. Now you are being brought together in Christ. You are baptized in his name. You are baptized into one faith, one baptism, one hope. That's how Paul's going to explain it later on in Ephesians. And you are brought together. And this, this separation is undone. Those of you who are far off and those of you who are near, now there's you're all one in Christ. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is this this no no God God did want man to be unified and brought up into His presence eternally, but but God was going to do it Himself. It wasn't going to be yeah you're going to get that by building a tower. So that's fair. All right. So how much more time do we have left in this happy episode? Yeah, a little over two minutes. How about we pause here for the text? I like and, it. And 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 not uh finish off the chapter because because I do like that next little section of chapter because mm-hmm. it, it's a anything. I will give you my my biggest qualm about how we treat Acts 2 today. Okay. Pentecost Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll generally go over the beginning of Acts chapter two and we'll get and then Peter starts to preach and then we cut off the sermon because we don't want to have a giant 40 some odd verse reading. So I think sometimes we don't we don't hear that sermon that Peter preaches as often. But what do you make of it? I mean, just in terms of you you just read through it. What what is your reaction or your thoughts upon hearing that, Thomas? Anything stand out to you? Well, your point about his use of scripture stands out. Furthermore, the fact that and of course the the Holy Spirit's influence can be seen here the receptivity of his listeners. I mean, this is, for many of them, the first time they're hearing this message about Jesus. They don't know who this man Jesus is outside of, you know, maybe one or two, uh, maybe even a couple dozen heard stories, you know, circulating, depending on their their place they hailed from. I doubt Jesus' name had spread quite as far as Rome by this point. So right. certainly not all, not near all. But, it, and yet, the receptivity was instant for at least 3,000 of them. And that's an astonishing thing to me. Well, and this is one where, where they are preaching authoritatively on the word of God. They are able to say, thus is the Lord, this is what this means. And that is that that speaking with the Holy Spirit that comes on. And again, it's not because Peter's so convincing, but he he's speaking driven by the word, by the Holy Spirit. And that is a a, a wonderful thing. So... It's not speculation. It's not, here's what I'd like you to do. Here's how you can have a better life now. No, it's, this is what God has done. And Mm -hmm. he has done it to win you salvation. He has done it so that you would receive the forgiveness of sins. You know what he's done, Thomas? Dare I say it? Peter has just gospeled them boldly. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's mic drop and head on out. Have a great week, everyone.
All right, I was having a jelly bean.